Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and I am hitting you in your ass. Weird turn of phrase there, but I'm hitting you in your ass late on a Wednesday night. Because like I said, a few weeks ago I said we're going to stick to Wednesdays and we're sticking to Wednesdays even if we do go up very late. I hope you've had an awesome wrestling week and I hope wherever you listen to this, I know some people listen to it on their commute, other people listen to it in the gym. I mean, maybe you just listen to this when you're sat in the dark at home. I'm not going to judge. You do you and I'll support you in that. But we are going to talk for wrestling for the next hour or so. There's plenty to say. Well, there's kind of some stuff to say. Uh, we're in that we're in that low period. We're in December. You know, we've only got one pay per view, which is uh, which is uh, what do you call it? Um, Clash of Champions for SmackDown. We haven't got a Raw pay per view till January, till February after the Raw Rumble, which kind of uh, sums up where we are at the moment. And I don't think that's a problem. Don't get me wrong, I actually think WWE should run less pay-per-views. But I think you can tell in the, the week-to-week product at the moment that we've kind of taken our foot off the gas a little bit. And I think you've been able to see that from the ratings to start off just from nowhere. Um, I can't remember what Raw did. Like a, Raw was slightly up from last week, like a 2.8. but had a massive drop in the third hour. And SmackDown was down, I think it was about 2. Point, it was almost 2.5 and it was almost 2.77 last week. So it's not like huge changes, but we're just, you know, a few weeks ago coming around Survivor Series, there was a bit of a buzz. And I think now, I think December feels like a time where wrestling fans just decided to take it off. They decided to take it off. They're like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to chill out for a bit. I'll come back in January and we're building to the Royal Rumble because everybody loves the Royal Rumble. And obviously we're heading into WrestleMania with Fastlane or whatever it is in February, just stuck in the middle. Um, but I do think we're, it does feel like the, the, the slow point of wrestling to me at the moment. And I don't necessarily think that's a problem. Um, I mean, on Raw this week, we did have a lot of long matches. And it kind of... To me, I don't know whether... I mean, if you know that we're all going to tune out a little bit. And if you look, you know, if you look through... Uh, what do you call it? History. Oh, I can't remember that word. If you look at history, it's... You know, you can see that in December, it certainly does It certainly does die down. So I don't think there's a way we, we could do that for the performers as well. You know, I mean, not necessarily have time off, because I know they're still doing house shows. I know wrestling's a 365-day business, as they, all, as they all always talk about. But I don't know. I think maybe December is, if we were going to do anything like that, you're going to have not an off-season, but a way to just slow everything down. December would certainly be the time to do it, because... I think both Raw and SmackDown showed that. I mean, Raw was Raw was all right. It was entertaining. It had certain highlights. But, you know, the show is built around Roman Reigns being IC champion and Jason Jordan Samoa Joe, which is fun. It's fine, but it's not like a money program. And obviously, we've got Kane and Braun Strowman. I don't necessarily think... And I like Kane and Braun Strowman, especially well, both those guys. I was a huge Kane fan back in the day. Love Braun Strowman. I think we're all on that same page now. But I don't necessarily think that's a match that you tune in for... I mean, I don't know how you watch wrestling. I mean, I watch every week. I mean, mostly because I do the what culture stuff, obviously. But also, that's just part of my routine. Um, I, and sometimes I do watch, and I think I don't necessarily want to be watching right now. But you can, you know, that's, that's what I mean. So we'll watch Born Strowman and Kane, and we'll be like, yeah, it's cool. But that more, you know, make me... I think it proves it in the ratings, right, when you have these big drops in the third hour. But I think that goes to show people hear what's coming up. And like, I don't really want to watch that. 
And I know that Raw was main evented this week by The Shield versus um, The Bar, which on paper should be good, right? But I don't necessarily... I think the, the Shield's already lost their luster. I don't necessarily think WWE's booked that in the way that I would have booked it. I think even though I was actually quite pleased that Roman Reigns won the Intercontinental Championship because I'm still hoping they, you know, they use this run to make that belt feel special again. I actually think kind of pulling them apart and sending them off in different directions. And I know they did that when, you know, the first run of the Shield. I think it was Roman and Seth were the tag team and Dean Ambrose was IC champ, I think if I remember correctly. But it just felt like too soon. And even Roman Reigns saying to Seth and Dean on, on Raw, like, I've done my part, you do yours. They didn't feel like a unit to me. And if, and if you didn't see Raw, it did end with, you know, the bar retained their championships, mostly because Roman Reigns got involved and Samoa Joe got involved. So it looks like we're going to week out the Roman Reigns-Samoa Joe program by, you know, having three, uh, six mans, the Shield versus the bar and Samoa Joe. And again, that's a great match, right? There's a load of good talent in there. So, so I understand they are keeping the Shield together, but there were, there were just certain things over the last couple of weeks that made me, yeah, I was just like, maybe the Shield aren't as special as they could have been. I know it doesn't feel that like magic to me. I was very excited when they first did it. And I know Roman Reigns went down with the, with the illness, which of course it was going to take something away from it. How could it not, right? Because he wasn't there, you know, he wasn't there to, um, to get stuff done. But I don't know. I, my point being, to me, it doesn't feel like a draw at the moment. I think that feels like a massive draw if you're not a super hardcore fan. Kane, Braun doesn't. The Jason Jordan stuff's interesting to a certain degree. But, you know, it's not really... It's, it's not, I don't think it's going to... Well, it's just not going to get the casual people in, is it? We need, we need to turn him heel as soon as possible. But it does seem like we're heading in that direction. So that's good. And the women's stuff as well. I mean, this was the first week where the women's stuff really kind of... It split for me. I thought what they did on Raw was good. Paige's group, Absolution, feels like they're the dominant force. You know, they, they, were, they kicked ass. On everybody apart from Oscar, there's this weird kind of fear of Oscar and Oscar's kind of toying with them at the moment. And the Riot Squad on SmackDown, I felt felt like, I, I already felt like their bubble had burst. I mean, they came out to have a big brawl after the Charlotte versus Tamina match, which Charlotte won. And, they, you know, Tamina just threw herself out of the ring at the Riot Squad and everybody pulled them apart. I was like, I thought you came out here to have a fight. I didn't think that worked. I didn't think that worked at all. But we'll see, right? I also think I get the, I get the two confused because their names are too similar. So Sarah Morgan, Sarah Logan, and Liv Morgan, whichever one is the you know the one with the super southern accent, I worry about her. I worry that Vince McMahon hears her voice and just has stereotypes running through it through his mind. I see a straw hat and a rocking chair before the end of the year, <laughs> but uh, but we will see. Before we move on, actually, I did want to mention. I, if you watch Raw, you would have seen they're putting Nia Jax in a program. Not a program, but in an angle with Enzo Amore. It's kind of going to be this generation's uh, Santina Morella and Beth Phoenix, or certainly looks like it anyway. And while I'm not massively into that, just because I, I'm not an Enzo guy, I never was an Enzo guy. He's not. I just think he's a bit, I don't know. He rubs me. I don't know. It's something about him I don't like. I don't actually mind this, because I think WWE are actually being quite smart in the sense that I think they're taking Nia Jax away from the women's division for now because how on earth can you have this monster when you're trying to get this new group over, right? Because really, she should uh, she should absolutely destroy uh, the absolution. But you don't want that to do one now because that's going to take something away away from that group. So I don't mind them doing a few weeks of a stupid... Look, if you want to put Nia Jax on, apparently she's rumoured to be refereeing a match on 205 Live or something. If you want to do that for a while, I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't necessarily think it's going to work because I don't think either of them is as good as Santina Morella or, or just Santina Morella, to be honest. Santina Morella made that work. 
I thought he was awesome. But I don't think it's the end of the world, depending on what happens. I mean, ideally for me, I'd like uh, it to end with her just absolutely destroying him, you know, in the ring or something like that, because ends as a joke anyway, and I still think you could do something with Nia Jax. But we'll see. At this point, before I want to, I want, I want to talk about a couple of things, specific things today. We, we will touch on what happened on Raw SmackDown a little bit, but I think they were so uneventful. There's no point kind of diving into them, into them massively. But I did want to thank everybody who signed up for the Patreon this week that makes this podcast possible. Uh, it really, as I, I know I say every week, but it really, really, I, I wouldn't be able to do it without this. Like at the moment, it's what it's half past nine on a Wednesday evening. And it just makes, you know, it makes, it allows me to do this because I know that I don't have to focus on anything else right now. I mean, today got away with me with other, with other things. But because I know that's there, I'm like, well, you can do this and you don't have to worry about anything because, you know, it's part of my, part of my clientele, I guess, for lack of a better term. So thank you to everybody. Um, if you do have one dollar to spare and you could throw it my way, it's just patreon.com forward slash simular316. Every dollar counts. Every dollar allows me to make podcasts and videos over at youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report Rules. And I thank you from the bottom of the bottom of my heart. And if you want to come yell at me on Twitter at Simonler316, and if you are listening on iTunes, give us five stars. Give us a review. Tell your friends. Tweet it out. Put it on Reddit, Squared Circle, wherever you want to do. Like I said, the more, the more people we can get through the door, the happier, the happier I am. And, of course, if you want to come on the podcast, you can do that too, and you can do that by going through the Patreon as well. All the information at patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316. Now, the two big things, well, three big things, actually, I want to touch upon this week. Uh, you may have seen the title of the podcast. I do want to talk about AJ Styles. I'm going to leave that until later on. Focus on more on more current things. I'm very, very much enjoying what SmackDown is doing with Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. Now, as a stupid wrestling fan that doesn't learn from his mistakes, I'm probably over-hoping what they're going to do. And what I hope they're going to do is probably never going to happen. However, with that said, it certainly seems to me like we're building up to the point that Daniel Bryan is going to form some form of allegiance with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I mean, if WWE thinks that's going to be a heel team, they're mad <laughs> because everybody will love them. However, I really do think that that is a, a really smart move on, on W's behalf, especially because there are a few rumors out there that this is all going to tie into some kind of mania program with Vince, uh, Vince McMahon, with Triple H, Definitely McMahon, and Shane McMahon. I don't know if that's true, but I know that it certainly excites me. And I also know that if it is going to kick off at Clash of Champions, because now at Clash of Champions, we do have Nakamura and Orton versus Owens and Zayn. And if Owens and Zayn lose, they get, they get fired from the WWE. And Shane McMahon is a special guest ref. And when Daniel Bryan heard all of this, he looked very concerned. Maybe that he feels like Shane McMahon has too much power, which is part of the story. Like You can certainly see that. So given that we are three months or four months away, whatever you want, you know, we're close to WrestleMania, right? And you want to build this story. Clearly, if the McMahons are involved, it's going to be a main event program. Then kicking it off at the end of the year and then building it through Rumble Fastlane and main, I just think would be great. Like I don't necessarily think that a Brian Hilton is going to work in the sense that no one is going to boo him because everyone, they may do. You never know. Wrestling, you know, wrestling can be funny. I'm sure he could come up with something. But I just think those three together would be great. I think they'd be incredibly entertaining, incredibly fun. And don't forget, a few weeks ago, Rusev and Aiden English did say they sided with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So there could be something there. Maybe we're about to draw a big old dividing line down SmackDown. I mean, again, I think I'm overbooking here. But the point is, the fact that I'm asking these questions, the fact that I'm intrigued, the fact that there's also, you can, you know, you can plant a little seed of doubt that potentially Daniel Bryan's coming back to a WWE ring and he's going to have a match against Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. I mean, I don't think that's true. I know that Daniel Bryan has basically said there's an 85% chance of him wrestling again elsewhere and like a 20% chance of him wrestling 
um, in the WWE. So, you know, they may they may change their mind. Again, I don't think... My gut just said it's not going to happen, but you don't know. I could be utterly wrong. But again, the fact that they've planted these seeds and the fact that there's a chance, to me, makes for good TV. I, I, I think that's what's exciting. The fact that we can have these conversations and we can, we, we can hope that maybe it is going to go that way. And that, to me, is enough right now. You know, as long as, you know, whatever the story... You know, whatever the story is plays out. I'm trying to think of the right word, but along, you know, if the story was crap, you know, and it turns out that this was all for naught, and I shouldn't have bought it anyway. Then, of course, you know, you look back in hindsight and think, why the hell did I ever buy into that? But we don't know that right now, and I think we can be positive because, you know, if you watch my what culture ups and downs, I love the seed planting. I love the teasing. It allows my mind to wonder, and it allows me to get overexcited. And I do think that's important when it comes to pro wrestling. And if it look. If it does tie into Daniel Bryan coming back to the ring, great. If they're just turning him heel because they're like, look, we, this guy needs to, we need to sort of, you know, bury this guy before he eventually leaves us and goes wrestle on the indies. Fine, fine, do that. I don't, you know, that's, that's your prerogative. I don't necessarily think it's a good thing for you to do, but that's not up to me. It doesn't make, it doesn't make any difference to me. And I'm going to love Daniel Bryan regardless. I win either way. I can go watch him on the indies and CMML or... Uh, New Japan or Ring of Honor or wherever he decides to go. I mean, Cody Rhodes has come out and said that his 10,000-seater idea is all but confirmed. He's got a date. He's got a place. He's going to go for it. Maybe he's chatted to Daniel Bryan about that and said, look, when you're out the company, come come do this. No need to announce, you know, pe- I mean, no need to announce sort of the, the, uh, the lineup till later in the year. So, yeah, I like what they're doing. It presents uh, a lot of options, a lot of choices, a lot of pathways. I just hope he doesn't bury Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. That would make me sad. I think they're the best thing on SmackDown. I think they're incredibly entertaining. Uh, this week it was Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. No, it wasn't. It was Sami Zayn versus Randy Orton. And Kevin Owens was handcuffed handcuffed to a post. It was a little bit weird. It was a little bit weird in the sense that, you know, they got some bolt cutters from the bottom of the ring. And then, you know, with, the referee kicked the bolt cutters basically over to Kevin Owens. He didn't mean to do that. But the point was... He went to kick them out of the ring and just happened to kick them over by Kevin Owens. That was a bit like, really? Really? That's, that, that's, that's, you know, <laughs> I can't really suspend my disbelief when you do stuff like that. So that was a bit silly. However, I thought that was decent. There was nothing else on SmackDown. Well, apart from Ruth 7, Aiden English actually beating the New Day. That was absolutely wonderful. But everything else did feel like filler. I don't care about Corbin, Ziggler and Rude. I just don't. I think Bobby Roode's better as a heel, and I don't think they're doing anything with him as a face that's worth talking about. Baron Corbin feels like he's stalled, and Dolph Ziggler gets treated like such a joke, it's hard to get excited about him, right? That's not his fault. He just, I honestly worry they've only put him in a triple threat match because they don't want Corbin or Roode to lose. So they think, okay, we'll let Corbin beat Ziggler, and then we can continue Corbin Roode, which nobody cares about. So that's a shame. I think Bobby Roode should be a heel. I just think he's better in that role, so not having him in the role he's best at seems crazy to me. I can't, apart from the women's stuff, which we mentioned, which was messy to say the least, you know, nothing really, there was nothing really else on SmackDown that stood out. Bludgeon Brothers were great, but they just had a, you know, job match, squash match, uh, jobs a couple of people out. It was fun, it was good. I really like their gimmick, and I look forward to when they actually get injected into the title scene proper. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was just, I mean, I think we got the tag team four way, I think it's going to be good. So it's the Usos versus the New Day versus Aiden English and Rusev versus Gable and Benjamin. That's probably going to be the best match of the night. I mean, we'll talk more about this the week before Clash of Champions. But the card is decent. You know, AJ Jinder, we'll get to that in a sec. That four-way tag team is good. Charlotte and Talia will be interesting. It's a lumberjack match now. So, you know, it'll be some shenanigans. 
the triple threat match, I mean, it would probably be a good match. They're all good wrestlers. I just don't care about it from a storyline perspective. I think that's what we've got announced so far. Let me double check that. As I said. But I think that, to me, I don't think they've announced anything else. I mean, obviously, if that is the case, they certainly will announce more because that's, um, that's hardly anything. Of course, the tag match I talked about, Orton and Nakamura versus Owens and Zayn. So they got five matches. So they'll probably add a couple more. Uh, you'll probably get Mojo Rawley versus Zack Ryder. I mean, um, on this week's episode, uh, it made sense, you know. Mojo Rawley came out and said, look, I attacked him because, you know, he when he wasn't here, I was doing really well. He comes back and now, you know, it's crap. And I, thought, I quite like Zack Ryder's tweet as well. He tweeted out, you know, two WrestleMania moments, one... You know, I worked really hard for, which was him winning the IC title at 32, I think it was, 31? Maybe it was 31. And then, you know, Mojo Rawley, he said he just called up his mate, which was Grabok, whatever that NFL football player is called. I can't remember his name. I gave up on American football a long time ago. So, you know, that's okay, but you just know that Mojo Rawley is going to win and it'll be a one and done. There's not going to be anything out of here. However, over on the Raw side, what I wanted to focus on was that we finally do have broken slash woken Matt Hardy. If you missed it, TNA, Impact, whatever you want to call them, came out and basically said, look, any gimmick that anyone has ever had in our company, when you leave, it's yours. And that is unprecedented for a wrestling company. I still can't believe they actually, they actually did it. Because in many ways, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs, but from a, a legal point of view, again, without knowing the, the intricate details, usually if you do create a, a, a character or a... a uh, uh, anything, anything you create under the banner when someone else is paying you usually belongs to them. Again, I mean, this is a shameless shill, but I'll do it anyway. You know, my YouTube channel, The Miller Report, youtube.com for the Miller Report rules. I, for what I had to, I, I created that when I was at videogamer.com, which is a video game website. And when I decided to leave, I had to negotiate to take that off their hands. And there was some money involved and everything like that. So even though I created it and they had no input into it, my contract did state that anything that I created and then used on their channels, which I did, I used it on their YouTube channel, belong to them. Now, I think it's like, well, I don't know if it is different. I don't know how it works. I know that it was all Matt Hardy and he even financed it, but I found out it's a lot of the Miller Report stuff. So maybe I did have a case on my hand. The point being, it is very different, especially for a wrestling company to say, you know what, that gimmick, that character, which is basically your whole everything, you can have and you can use it in other companies. I mean, that's why he's being called Woken Matt Hardy and not Broken, so that when Matt leaves, he can be broken again and WWE can still market Woken. I think that's probably a fair compromise all around. Away from all the legal bullshit, though, the most exciting thing is that that character, a lot of people are so down on it. They're like, oh, WWE's going to ruin it, blah, blah, blah. I don't think they will, because I think the character is too much fun. Like, on this week's episode of Raw, they had this most bizarre promo segment where we did jump back and forth on the Titan Tron between Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy. So Bray Wyatt did his mumbo-jumbo, and then we cut back to Matt Hardy, and he did his mumbo-jumbo. Now, the really funny thing was that Matt Hardy's was great, and Bray Wyatt's I didn't like at all, which is such a hypocritical thing to say, but I just think I'm so done with Bray. Well, I think the, the real reason is, is that Bray Wyatt is now he's trying to be serious in a world where the way he's been booked, you just can't take him seriously because he never backs up what he says. He never wins, and most of the time, the stuff coming out of his mouth doesn't make any sense, whereas Matt Hardy is talking about being with Cleopatra and being alive for millions of years. Like it's so over the top and so silly. You can't help but smile. You can't help but enjoy it because it is great. And that's why I think he'll do fine in WWE because I think that Matt Hardy has such a good grasp of who that character is and how that character would react and how that character would talk that even if you are going to put him in ridiculous storylines, it doesn't matter because he knows. It's like that classic, you give him lemon, he'll make you lemonade. He knows exactly what to do 
to make it work. As an example, another shameless shill, if you do go to my YouTube channel, I did a 60 seconds with Broken Matt Hardy as my alter ego, which is the Miller Report, the, the, people I just, the person I just talked about. And I didn't tell him what we were going to do, and he was wonderful. Pardon the pun. Because he just knows what to say. And you should check the one I did. I did, a, I did a Simon Miller interview with Matt Hardy over on What Culture as well about a year ago, which I also implore you to check out because that's probably the best interview I've ever done. In fact, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you go to the description now, there's links to both of those that you can click. I'm not sure if I can put links in the podcast description, but I'll put them in there anyway. I don't think you can click them, but hopefully you can copy and paste them. Because uh, I really do think that's a great um, mindset into that Matt's going to be fine. And obviously, it is all going to depend on the push that he gets. You know, WWE, you have to have the WWE machine behind you to get to a certain point. Because in Impact, TNA, whatever, he, he was allowed to run right because they think they knew, look, this is really good. And people are talking about this. So the last thing we want to do is throw that out the window. So they didn't do that. You know, they basically, they Matt, Matt run wild. They dedicated, you know, shows to the, to the Hardys, you know, Decay and Delete, The Final Deletion, all that stuff. And they did take off. They went viral. People were talking about them. So, yeah, you do need some grunt behind you. But I still, I just think the fans have wanted this for so long. Matt's wanted it for so long. There's going to be a lot of goodwill for a long time. That no matter what WWE does, they can't stop this. I mean, the YouTube video alone has done over a million hits in 24 hours. It was trending on YouTube. And trending on YouTube is a dream because it means you get on the front page. Man, would I love to get on the front page of YouTube one day. Keep on fighting, Miller. And that's why, and I also think this could be the salvation that we need for Bray Wyatt too. And I'm going to do a video on what culture for this this week. So keep an eye out for that to, to get more into the nitty gritty. But, you know, this could be the time where we go, look, we, we screwed up Bray Wyatt. We've screwed him up. We, we jobbed him out too much. We, I can't even think of the right words, but we, I, I, I'm not saying that a, a realistic cult leader type figure couldn't work in the WWE because it absolutely could, but it didn't. We made some errors here, and now it's going to be tough to get back. So let's go the other way. He's already feuding with an absolutely crazy person. So let's make Bray Wyatt crazy too. Let's make Bray Wyatt over the top. Let's let's make him stupid and silly and funny and go on crazy things and do magic. Let's take Bray Wyatt in that direction. Because A, it's going to make the Matt Hardy-Bray Wyatt feud better. If I was those two, as opposed to Bray Wyatt indoctrinating somebody, I'd have Matt Wyatt, Matt, Matt, Matt Wyatt, Matt Hardy indoctrinate him so I would get Bray Wyatt into the broken universe. How great would that be when Jeff Hardy comes back as well, those three? I think that would be a hoot. So that's what I would do. And I think you can, you can take this Bray Wyatt character, you can tweak it in the way that it needs to be, that it needs to be, uh, needs to be tweaked. And that, to me... I just think it would work, and I think it. I think it would completely rejuvenate Bray Wyatt. It would allow Matt Hardy to be in a stable with a guy that WWE wants to push. So that would help Matt as well. And then when Jeff Hardy comes back, throw him in there, make him brother Nero. Don't want to see a feud between the Hardy Boys. Done that. Never that interested in it. And I think it could be one of the most entertaining things on the show. I think that's why it's great that it's happening now. Because again, in December downtime, he is going to have more room to do this. And let's face it, that one segment he did on Raw, hilarious. And in a good way. Not in a, not in a oh, what is this way? Like in a genuinely heartwarming, I just think it's great. And, I, and a lot of people are, well, there's, there's two schools of thinking with this. Some people think the people that don't know who Broken Matt Hardy is in the minority. No, they're not. They're not. The majority don't know about this. Um, I think that sometimes as, as smart marks, as people say, we get lost in a world of um, thinking that people... We get lost in the noise chamber. 
Uh, more people don't know about this than do, but I think that's wonderful as well because what, like we all did, we all found out about Broken Matt Hardy. Not everybody was watching Impact each and every week. I saw the viewing numbers. So we all found out almost retrospectively as, you know, word of mouth caught on. And it will be the same here. I'm sure there's loads of people, maybe even some people listening to this, that were like, what the flip is this? <laughs> what the hell happened? And yeah, maybe they could have built it more, but screw that. Let's pull the trigger. We waited long enough. They teased it last week. The commentators got over something's wrong with Matt Hardy. And this week he's bonkers. We don't need to eke that out anymore. Not in today's world when this mumbo jumbo and this gibberish has been going on for too long. I actually implore them for doing this. I think it was the right thing to do. Just get it out there. Get the madness going. And then you can tell the story after this. You can catch everybody up. Do vignettes. Do promos. Do interviews. Have a one-to-one backstage interview with Michael Cole as Matt Hardy, you know, wobbles and waves and crazy about all this stuff. It'd be great. It would be great. And soon people will start to understand Matt Hardy just crazy now. But Matt Hardy also incredibly entertaining. So that was definitely the highlight of my week. I can't wait to see where it goes. I think Matt Hardy is just, I think he's underrated. I genuinely think he's one of the most underrated people in the entire, in the entire wrestling business. I think he's creative, I think he's smart, I think he can work, and I think he showed he knows how to recreate himself and he has got longevity, which is all the things you want when you're a pro wrestler. So more power to you, Matt Hardy. I think I could be your biggest fan. You and Rusev, uh, you're, you're my boys. Now to tie into uh, to the title of this video, it was a weird thing really, because on SmackDown they ran the promo package between uh, AJ Styles and Jinder Mahal. And it's a really good package. Now I'm not excited about that match because... The Jinder Mahal bubbles burst for me now, uh, simply because I feel like he's in that spot, you know, due to other reasons, due to the wrong, not the wrong reasons, but due to reasons that make it hard to, to root for or, or care for him. His best match was the match when he lost to AJ Styles, the world championship. But I realized after that aired and we were getting towards the end of the show, I was like, okay, we're not going to get AJ Styles wrestling on this show. And usually I don't mind that. Like, of course I watch wrestling for wrestling. I love wrestling. I'm training to be a wrestler. Wrestling's great. But there's not really a wrestler for quite some time that I thought I need to, I'd, I'd like to see wrestle on this show. That hasn't happened in a long time. But then when I realized that AJ Styles wasn't going to be on this, I all of a sudden started to think, that's actually a shame. I'd actually like to see AJ in a match this evening. I mean, even the, 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 the handicap match he had with the Sings last week which wasn't very good. It was okay. It's under the right home about. But just watching AJ work and move and wrestle. And then I started to realize, or started to think, is AJ Styles the best wrestler in the world? Now, it's not a question that surprises many people. That has been said for years and certainly been said even more over the last two years since he joined WWE. And how has it been two years, right? Crazy. I think it's been, yeah, it wasn't. Of course it wasn't this year. I mean, that's absolutely nuts. Um, but yeah, I, I just can't remember the last time I was upset to not see somebody wrestle on WWE TV. I think mostly because we see them wrestle so much that you never really feel like you're missing out. But I did hear. And obviously, I'm not watching New Japan. I watch New Japan, but I'm not watching it week in, week out. So I'm sure you could argue, well, I'm sure, you know, you could argue that if uh, New Japan had the same, what's the word I'm looking for? What if they flooded the market like WWE did? I'm sure that I'd want to see an Okada match or an Omega match or an Ishii match or Naito, or something like that. So we can't make that comparison, because I don't. And I'm sure there's guys on Impact as well, maybe, to a lesser extent. But it really did make me think, you know, that SmackDown has not suffered, but is missing something this week, because I don't get to see AJ Styles wrestle. And the reason I want to see AJ Styles wrestle is because he doesn't have bad matches. And the matches he does have, even against the likes of Jinder Mahal, where other people have struggled, are awesome. 
you know, he can turn, he can make mountains out of molehills and again, lemon into lemonades. And he's just so much fun to watch in the ring and he's so smooth, especially for a dude that's been doing this long time and is in his 40s. We think he's just turned 40. I just think that it's, I don't know. I've, I think even for all the praise that AJ Styles gets and for all the plaudits, I mean, he just went into the, rest, the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame this week, last week, whenever that got announced. I think it was this week. Maybe it was last. It was last week. So, you know, it's not like he's not being recognized. But I would, I would I, and I, I know there is the argument to be had, but for me personally, I'd love to hear the argument that he's not the best. Because no matter how you look at the wrestling world, WWE is the big pond, right? That's where the big boys play or whatever you want. Not the big boys, but that's your major stage. That's your major leagues. That's your NFL, whatever. Just because more people watch it, it's got the most money. It's got the most breakthrough appeal. So for him to take everything that he learned, and he has improved as well in terms of promos and characterization, but him to take all of that, not really change too much of who he is. And again, maybe that's, again, you need to have the office, as they say, behind you. But for him to not have to do that, I don't know. I think there's something very, very special about AJ Styles that even now, when he is receiving all this love and all this positivity, will actually look back in a few years and be like, you know what? AJ Styles was even better than we thought he was. It's just what I got. I know, I know this is a bit nuts because it's all, you know, it's all coming from me watching SmackDown and realizing he's not going to be on the show and then, you know, overthinking it most probably. But I can't think of many other people that have had the career he's had, the, 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 just the array and the diversity of matches he's had. You know, the fact that he does get better, the performances he's done. You know, a criticism he did have was his mic skills. He certainly sorted them out. From a wrestling point of view, I don't know if there is anyone better right now than AJ Styles. And that's not to say that Carter and Omega and Elgin, like Michael Elgin, I think he's good. You know, and people like that aren't in the discussion because of course they are. But I really do think over the last 48 months, AJ, and hence why, because if you, if you um, are a regular reader slash listener to the Wrestling Observer, you'll know you can actually vanish from the Hall of Fame, or at least the, the, the nominations, and AJ did, but he got, he got back in there. And again, I, you can take or leave the, you know, the, the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame as much as you want. I know some people think it's silly. I don't agree. I like it, but um, I, I still think it's more evidence about the wider opinion of AJ Styles and why, like I say, I think he's actually better than, than, than a lot of us realize. Just a thought, just an opinion. Let me know what you think. It's always, it's always good to know what other, other people think. So that's basically everything that happened in WWE over the last couple of weeks. Again, I think it's okay. I don't necessarily think that we're you know, firing on all cylinders at the moment. I imagine that we'll slowly get towards the Raw Road, slowly get towards January and then, and then we'll pick up. I mean, I think that anniversary show is going to be massive. I know that there's these rumors going around at the moment that apparently they've even reached out for, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Goldberg to be on that show. So that would be awesome. So you've got Goldberg, Taker, Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin will probably be there. It wouldn't surprise me if they reached out to The Rock. They probably can't get him because he's so busy. But I'm sure they'll kick off a lot of angles there. Then we'll kick into gear with the Royal Rumble. And then we'll basically know what's going to happen at WrestleMania. I mean, sometime next year, we will book a proper WrestleMania 34 card. But, you know, right now, top of my head, I do imagine that it's going to be Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. I could see AJ Styles, Nakamura. Maybe there's something here with a Shane McMahon, 
Randy Orton versus Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan with Sami Zayn. I don't know, but that's probably, that is dream booking. But we've got to get a nostalgia match as well. Is The Undertaker going to be on the card? We just don't know. We just, are we going to do Undertaker Shawn Michaels 3? I mean, obviously we're not going to do that. I just know they're both on the Raw Anniversary show, so I'm being stupid. But I think it's going to be a good build for WrestleMania. I think it's going to be fun. We will, uh, we, we will find out. Now, moving into uh, Impact, there's big changes going on at Impact at the moment. Obviously, we mentioned everything they've done with the license, uh, the, the, the gimmicks and everything like that. But it also does seem like John Gaborik is going, and he's been running things there for a long time. And their new, well, basically their new boys, their new big boys are, I can't remember his damn name. I was going to call him Cyrus the Virus. I literally listened to an interview with him five minutes before I came and did this. What is wrong with me? Now I have to look up his name. I'm awfully sorry. I'm a terrible, terrible, terrible human being. Uh, I'll, as, soon as, as soon as I see it, I will, I, I will kick myself in the face because Don Callis, how could I forget that? The Don Callis is, um, yeah, he's basically, in, it's, well, to me, it certainly seems like he's in charge and he's in charge with Scott Demore. Now, I'd, if you watch wrestling like I do, the, the period you probably remember Scott Demore from is when Impact or TNA was at its highest and he was responsible for, he was the Team Canada mouthpiece and he was good. And apparently he's very, very good backstage as well. He's got a good mind for the business. But that sounds like a positive change to me. Now I've stopped watching Impact, I'm not going to lie, just because too many people came and went, there were no storylines that grasped me. And like, like this always happens with wrestling, right? You take a few weeks off and you find it difficult to, you find it difficult to get back in, involved. So, I w I'm not necessarily saying that these two changes all of a sudden make me go, oh, I'm going to watch now, but I like the fact they're changing. They now seem to have been settled in Canada. They do seem to be letting a lot of people go, which, if they don't want to be there, is good, because there's no point, uh, you know, no point keeping people there that don't want to be there. Well, I mean, that's, they won't work for you. So, don't doing that. And obviously, they now have some goodwill in the sense they've done everything with the gimmicks. And also, there was a situation with Matt Sardell over the last... A week or so where he was meant to come to a show in England. Can't, don't know why he couldn't make it. He couldn't make it. He'd been given a deposit of $1,500 or somewhere around there. He didn't want to give the deposit back. The promoter wanted to give the deposit back. Not going to give my opinion on that. Not my place. However, Impact stood in and they paid the promoter back. Now, this could all just be PR on behalf of Impact Wrestling, but that's smart because their PR has been awful as of late. Like Everything they did with the Hardy Boys backfired on them massively, and there have been some other stuff too. Also, they're always on death's door, according to wrestling fans, and that doesn't help the perspective or the perception of the company. You know, you want, you want the company to feel fresh and exciting, and if you always think it's about to keel over and die, then you're not going to think that. So it certainly sounds, it doesn't sound to me like they're going to die anytime soon. Well, the other thing is, well, they closed the law down, right? Live Audio Wrestling. They were part of the Fight Network, which was part of uh, Anthem Entertainment, which owns Impact Wrestling. All of that, I think, did a number on wrestling fans. So coming up with these changes to try and make it a more positive environment to work, a more positive environment from the outset as well, and putting two dudes in charge who, from what I can gather by listening to what people say, are very good when it comes to wrestling. And this could be a turning point. I'm not saying they're going to blow up and be as big as WWE. They'll never be competition to WWE, I don't think. But maybe it puts them back on the right track. And after listening to Don Callis on uh, the Lance Storm podcast, Killing the Town, hearing his New Japan commentary, I do think he has something to offer. Uh, something that maybe it's a bit surprising that nobody thought of that before, really. And he is going to keep up his New Japan commentating role. So he's got a pretty sweet gig. <laughs> That's pretty good to say the least. Um, and I, I'd say I don't know, I don't know where it's going to go. However, 
I think they're in a better position now than they were a few weeks ago. And that's all you can do, right? That's all you can do. All you can do is continue to make positive steps and take it from there and see what happens. So that would be interesting. Uh, I'm way behind on Ring of Honor, so I need to catch up with that. Uh, New Japan, like I guess I, I've been. I, I watch from a. I watch from afar. But even then, there's not really a lot to be talking about. I mean, in terms of independent wrestling, obviously WCW rebranded to Defiant Wrestling. They put on their first show this week in Newcastle. Did not in Birmingham. They've got one in London next week. From what I heard, from what I could gather, it all went down really well. Like it was, a, it, was a, it was, it was a big success. And that will be on the, the What Culture Wrestling YouTube channel soon. So you should certainly keep an eye out for that. And they've got their Defiant Access service as well if you want to, if you want to check it out beforehand. So yeah, I mean, indie wrestling is, is, is just booming. I, last week on Friday, I went to the Battle Pro show. And Battle Pro Wrestling is uh, obviously the, the school I train at, which was formerly the Progress School, which is now Knuckle Locks. Which, if you are listening to this and you want to be, you live in the UK, you want to be a pro wrestler, couldn't recommend Knuckle Locks highly enough, much like Alistair Wrestling Academy, great school. But Battle Pro is kind of the, uh, the guy that, that runs Knuckle Locks' uh, wrestling promotion. I went down to see that in London. And it was just awesome. You know, to see, just to see the amount of talent that, is in the UK and to watch an indie show and just see the matches they put on and the, the variety they have, the diversity, the characters. You go from funny matches to serious matches. Mark Haskins was on the card. Mark Haskins is, you know, as I'm sure most of you know, is just a phenomenal worker. Yeah, but to see that right up close, because I literally did have a, have a front row seat, which was cool, especially after I've been training for a little while as well and, and try and take that all in. It was great. Like, it really, really was great. And I, I kind of, I'm not saying, oh, I'm, I'm so smart when it comes to wrestling now that I do wrestling. I don't mean it like that. But I do love that I can appreciate it more now. Because, obviously, you know, if you do something, you do understand and appreciate it more. It's as simple as that, right? If you don't know how to write and you see somebody writing and you think, oh, that looks good. Then you learn how to write. And you go, oh, wow, it's even better because you've got applied knowledge then. And if you can then apply that knowledge to somebody else doing it and they're really good, you start thinking, how the hell will I ever get that good? How do they get that good? What do I have to do? Blah, 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 blah. And I just, I just had a really good time, and it was really pleasing. There were loads of people there, and it was just a good atmosphere, and everybody enjoyed themselves. And loads of crazy moves. I've seen the crowd got it loads of times. And there was kids, and the kids were into it, and it really reminded me about why I got into wrestling in the first place. It sounds well cheesy and over the top, but it was just a good atmosphere, good wrestling show. And some of the performances they put on were, like I say, hard hitting, intense. There was some comedy. It was just awesome. It was like a variety show, which I think wrestling should be. Sound like Vince McMahon. Um, but yeah, there is, I, I don't know, I just think now that we're getting towards the end of the year, 2017 is almost done. It doesn't seem like this indie bubble is going to pop any too soon, and I hope it doesn't. I think the indie bubble right now is the most important aspect of all of pro wrestling, and I hope that it continues to get bigger. I hope they get to do bigger crowds. I know progress is kicking ass right now, Rev Pro. I hope Cody Rhodes can successfully put on this 10,000-seat arena at least give it a go. Even if they get 7,000, that's still a huge step forward. I don't think we would have been able to do that a few years ago. And obviously, we all know about the Young Bucks contribution. And I, think, I can't remember if we talked about this last week. We probably did. But the Young Bucks, over the last, I think it's four months, have sold 400,000 T-shirts on pro wrestling tees. 400,000. I mean, I know that that's not a, a pathway for everybody in the sense that, you know, you can't, you know, you can't all just go, I'm going to leave WWE now because I'm going to be a massive success on the indie scene. It's not going to happen for everyone. There's a lot of luck involved, of course. However, there was a point in time where this would never have happened. So the fact that it's even a little bit of a thing now, you know, I, I, think, is, uh, I think is great. I think it's, 
I just think it's great. I love it. I love wrestling. Just before we wrap up as well, this just broke on my screen because I've got alerts on. Bret Hart has filed a lawsuit, a lawsuit over an alleged botched wrist, sur- wrist, I can't talk, wrist surgery that he underwent in 2015. The Calgary Sun broke the news of that yesterday with Hart claiming the surgeon, Dr. Justin Young, performed, left him unable to use index finger and thumb on his right hand. The lawsuit notes that Hart suffered an injury to his wrist all the way back in 1981, with him wrestling for most of his career with it. Hart visited the plastic surgeon Dr. Young in Calgary in 2015, and later he had surgery on November the 23rd. When he returned several weeks later, Hart said the right index finger and thumb didn't function and complained about the swelling and pain. He was told to wait and see how it healed, but Hart's condition didn't improve in later visits. Hart is seeking $1 million in damages, along with undetermined amounts of lost income and other losses. So... There you go. Bret Hart is uh, 20 years after the screw job. Bret Hart is suing. Is suing a doctor? Suing a doctor in Canada. On the subject of uh, the Montreal screw job, if you want to listen to an amazing podcast, you need a lot of time for it, but it's well worth it. Check out the Laps Fans. Uh, Laps Fans. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, podcast. They did. Uh, they did one on Wrestling in Shadows. I think they did three preludes to it, and then they did. They did Survivor Series 1997 uh, itself. And I highly recommend you check that out. If, as we have just passed the 20-year anniversary of Montreal, you would like to just get as deep in that ass as you could possibly hope. Really good podcast. Really enjoyed it. And that's basically it. That's the week in wrestling. That's everything that's happened. Um, it's okay. I don't. The broken stuff is definitely the best stuff that's happened. But otherwise, yeah, we're in a little bit of a lull, but that's okay. We can plow on forward to January, the Raw Rumble. We all enjoy the Raw Rumble. We'll all be upset by the winner when John Cena wins and goes on to face Jinder Mahal at WrestleMania 34. But again, at least before that, the journey will be fun, and it's sometimes about the journey and not the destination. Once again, thank you very much for listening to me. If you could go share this everywhere, and we can try and, you know, make, let's try and make this the best downloaded or the best subscribed Simon Miller wrestling podcast ever. And if you haven't subscribed, please do subscribe because that is how we do get up the rankings and the higher you up in the rankings, more people see you. Uh, if you feel like you could spare a dollar, patreon.com forward slash summer 316, you'd make my day. Every time I get a notification and I see it, just makes me happy, makes me motivated, makes me just want to smash some stuff. And again, if you'd rather watch slash listen to this on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash the middle report rules. And there's a bunch of weird videos on there as well. And when I say weird, I mean fucking weird. And I don't really swear on this podcast, but I just wanted to get across how fucking weird I am as a human being. And that's not going to stop. Loads of weird videos planned. One is going up tomorrow, if you listen to this on Wednesday, late. Late on a Wednesday here in the UK. One is going up tomorrow where I don a wig and glasses. Mental. Anyway, thank you for doing all this stuff. Just thank you for listening. Thank you for being on Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, if you are part of the Simon Miller Power Powers or Patreon, remember you can always ask me a question for this. I'll make sure I do a call out next week so we can end every podcast with a quick Q&A session. I'm on Twitter if you've got any random questions at Simon Miller 316. But otherwise, look, have a good week. Believe in yourself. If you've got a dream, go out and live that dream. If you've been sat there for years thinking, man, I want to be a pro wrestler, why not sign up for the Knuckle Locks uh, beginner course in January? That sounds like this was sponsored. It wasn't. That just popped in my head. Why not go and do it? It starts January something. It's reasonably priced. You can do eight weeks. At the end of that eight weeks, maybe you think, you know what? This wasn't for me. And that's okay. You can walk away. You can quit. Nothing wrong with quitting because you tried. And that's all that matters. There's nothing to regret. Anyway, um, that's it. Let's round this up. Wrestling's great. You're great. Everybody's great. I'll chat to you next week. <laughs>